when I'm scrolling online or wanting to talk to someone and, you know, you've you've tried to call three different people and no one's answering. I'm like, maybe that's because I should be talking to God about it. I I got you. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, welcome to another podcast of Be Wife Like Me podcast. Another episode? What? It's another year, girl. <laughs> I need more coffee. No, this is a brand new season. Brand new season of the Wife Like Me podcast. And I am pumped. I think I'm a little too pumped because I can't even find my words. Cheers to uh, another all new season. This is season six. Season come on. I know. And it's a brand new year. We're in 2022. And we're kicking off the year with a whole new format. Well, it's actually not super new, but it is going to be new because we're going back to conversation. Here's what happened. I miss I miss this. I miss you. I miss your faces. I miss conversation. And you might not know this, but behind the scenes at a wife like me. I'm by myself all day long and I don't like it. I don't like it at all. But now you're not. Now I'm not. Ah! We're all together again. Yes. So, okay. This year on the Wife Like Me podcast, we're going to be obviously on audio podcasts, wherever you want to listen, where you're going to find us there, a Wife Like Me podcast. But we're also recording these via video. So on YouTube... If you just find a wife like me, we're going to see Kelly and I like physically, you're going to see our faces on YouTube. So you can like listen and watch if you're a YouTube fan, whatever you prefer is fine. And I'm so pumped. So Kelly Brinkman, welcome. Thank you. Yay to multiple learning styles. I know, right? Always my favorite. And sometimes like I could be at gymnastics, watching that, yet I will watch your video and see the uh, words at the bottom, right? And other yeah, times well, I just want to pop in the earbuds and walk around the park. So totally works. So just trying to be there for wives in different ways this year. We're just going to be there for you. And Kelly Brinkman, If, if I'm sure if you've been following a wife like me for any amount of time, you already know who she is. But in case you don't, Kelly Brinkman is a dear, dear friend. You are going to love her She's an interactive potter and speaker. She's an artist. She's incredible. And all of her, everything you can find at Kelly Brinkman. We will link her. You'll find her every in the, every show note. So she's there, but kellybrinkman.com. And um, just thank you. Thanks for chatting with us. Thank you for diving deep into what we talk about, like everything that affects us as wives. So this is going to be so much fun is what it is all it's like fun, 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 fun. <laughs> right. It's a shared journey for sure. So I am loved and served by a wife like me. So it's great to be a part of that. So thank you. I know. So thank you. Yeah, it's we're happy to have you. And today we are diving into a post that's near to well, hopefully everybody's heart. It is a one of our blog posts by Michelle Beringer. She's phenomenal. You can find her at michellebehringer.com. And she talks about really distractions and being present. Something we all struggle with is eliminating like how to be present when there is so much going on in our minds, in in front of us, within us, all the things. So how do we actually be present 
because we want to be present, yet it's hard to be present because there's so there are so many distractions. So we're talking about her blog post today. And Michelle talks about kind of her recognition of how distracted she was. And she talks about or asks the question, what she found the Lord was really asking her, like, what are you actually looking for? She writes this, she says, you may recall the story of Joseph when his father sent him to find his brothers and see how they were doing. He instructed Joseph to bring word back to him. And in Genesis chapter 37, verse 15, we find Joseph wandering in a field and a man found him there and asked him, what are you looking for? All Joseph had a good answer, that is, he was looking for his brothers Have you ever considered how you would answer Jesus if he asked you that question as you wander social media, surf the internet, click through TV channels, thinking about all the things, whatever. So if that's not challenging (laughs) in a good way, like what are you looking for? Right. I'm looking for peace at the bottom of a bag of potato chips a lot. (laughs) And I thought, I thought this is a safe place to share. (laughs) No, I mean, you talk about surfing channels. I'm just telling you, that's one of my favorites. So you're surfing potato chips. I'm looking for peace at the bottom of the bag. I've never found it, but I keep looking. You know, know? Maybe this is the one. Right. And if not, I'll keep trying. You know, I'm committed. committed. That's seriously true, though, because, okay, so you're talking about food and looking for solace looking for solace yeah it's so it's so um like you're talking about what am I looking for as if it were like a feeling almost like that's what resonates with you that's what came to your mind maybe like I'm looking for something to make me feel better like give me value worth whatever and then for some of us we're maybe numbing right maybe what I'm looking for is something to distract me from having to feel something or think about something or recognize, deal with something. And so I think what your response shows me is like, or reveals to me is like, whoa, for each of us, it might not be that we're just distracted with our thoughts. It's maybe distracting. Maybe we're looking for distraction from the reality of something or looking for something to make me feel better. So for each of us that I think it reveals something different, which is super cool and hard. Anything else? Like, I mean, when you, you're dealt or given that question, what are you looking for? Anything else come to mind? Maybe even with, with, if you think about friends or family or like your communities. Yeah. I think you have to really stop and start there and say, what am I looking for? And I know I said that kind of in jest, but that really is kind of mid chip what I think I'm looking for. Or when I'm scrolling online or wanting to talk to someone and you know you've you've tried to call three different people and no one's answering I'm like oh maybe maybe that's because I should be talking to God about it I I got you I hear you you know I don't always catch it the first time so I have to just drill down and say what am I really looking for I love that Michelle actually writes that sometimes She says, it's uncomfortable when I'm wandering 
mm-hmm. and allowing distractions to steal my time and attention from the God I love and the husband that I love. She says this, what are you looking for with all your wandering Michelle quotes? She says, yep. sometimes I don't have a good answer like Joseph did. And that's true. Like, I don't even know, but I'm distracted. Right. Isn't that so good? That is oh. so good. I That really resonated with me because sometimes I don't know that word or the answer to it. But instead to say, God, I don't even know what I'm asking or what I'm avoiding or what I'm seeking, would you reveal to me? And I'm, I mean, it might come over three days or a couple of weeks, but then I'm able to identify it. And I find I can't really change anything until I can really be honest with myself and say, this is what, this is why I'm acting the way I am, or this is why I'm choosing that behavior. So I really have to camp there until I know it. And it's different, you know, it's, it's different for different days. So to stop and identify it is really key. Yeah. And like, yeah, for me, my phone is my biggest distraction from the what's in front of me. And we've had to learn the hard way. I think in our home, like seeing, I am more, sometimes we have an easier time recognizing what's so frustrating about ourselves when we see it in someone else. So I see my husband on his phone and you know, one of our kids asking him a question and he doesn't hear it, or he responds with something that that's not even what they asked or whatever. Right. And it like mm-hmm. infuriates me. And I'm like, Oh my stars, that's me. That's when like, yeah. I cannot handle myself. I don't want to be like that. I don't want my husband to be like that. I don't want the, the phone to steal what's right in front of us. And so that's been helpful to, like you say, admit and be like, Oh Lord, help me to do something different I don't want this in our home. I don't want our kids remembering, you know, we know again, whether it's the chips or the TV or the phone or the, even just the mindless thoughts or spiraling thoughts that's distracting us from real conversation. I don't want that. And Michelle says, she says to live in the moment with someone else is to be present. Mm-hmm. And she says, to be fully present, we have to engage our whole person, our thinking and behavior, which means we have to make adjustments. And that's key. We have to be willing to say something's got to change so that I can be present. Right. And that's the tricky thing because it means we have to give something up or it means we have to actually adjust our, maybe our home maybe uh, pro quote, like just the status that we've got, the routine, maybe we switch up dinner time or like we have to make an adjustment and that's sometimes uncomfortable. Right. Um, we put our phone away. We have to put it on silent after such an, or, you know, before such and such a time or whatever that looks like, mm-hmm. it's kind of uncomfortable and it takes that adjustment period. It's not always easy. Right. She says, Michelle gives us these amazing strategies, very simple strategies. I see them. And I love them. Uh, tell us what she says about how like simple ways that we can work on dropping distractions and being fully present. So these four, right? Silent your phone and place it in a different room. We have done that. Mark and I have done that. Sometimes the phone doesn't enter our home. It stays in the garage. Right. Ooh. Yep. As a I like that. 
that's that's something that we have had to do. Both my husband and I um, have our, you know, pretty much our our work on our phone. A lot of people do. Right. And with farming and with ministry, well, it's not really a nine to five job. You know what I mean? Right. So there are things that are always happening, but we've kind of identified key times where we don't want that to steal the time. So right. we, on Sundays, it's in the, it's in the, it's in our room where we're not. And then dirt before like bedtime, it's just, there's like that key time. It's like five to eight where we don't want the phone. So that's, we've literally had to just leave them in our room until yeah. the kids are in bed. And then we can, you know, chill and check up on the life and the whatever has happened that day and whatever. But that is key. Those phones. Yeah. And sometimes it's, I mean, I'm a visual learner. So sometimes it is that physical removing and me intentionally saying, I choose time with my family instead and to be fully present and not distracted. And P.S. Like the world really is not dependent on me answering that text or that call. Like I'm freed up. Like Jesus is Lord and uh, not me. So we're good. Like people can <laughs> wait and no one's going to die. You know, it's all yeah. good. Yeah. Repeat, 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 repeat. Yeah. Right. Right. And I think sometimes we talk um, to our kids about gratitude and and greed and saying, you know, if we're ungrateful or greedy, we're really saying that we don't think that God is going to give us enough. Conversely, if I say, oh, I have to have my phone with me and that I'm really saying for me that I'm more important than God, that what I am doing is so critical that the world cannot keep spinning unless I remain connected. And that's Mm -hmm. the part that gets me and says, oh no, we could set that phone down for some time. Mm. So I think it's getting to know yourself and knowing really why you do it and those feelings behind it and addressing those, that changes my behavior. It's not just a band-aid, but I'm talking like a solution. And what that does for me is it helps me better identify what is vital and in, and time sensitive and what isn't. And it helps right. us teach our kids. So there are times where, you know, there is a situation that mom has to respond to or that dad has to respond to. And that, that, that matters right now. Okay. And that's why you, whatever there's, I remember going to a wedding and the the pastor gave an, a great message on sometimes you're not going to come first. Meaning he explained, he said, um, as a spouse, like sometimes, and as a family, I think of like our kids too, like sometimes if everything is healthy, fine, nothing, there's no emergencies like within the home or the marriage. And there is something that comes up outside. Like we have a friend or, you know, crisis type things that really matter in that moment. And everything is fine within our marriage and home. Uh, it does require, and it, and like scripturally, like biblically, Christ would respond to something like that. And we can model that for our kids. But if we always have our phones on us, they, it's not teaching them how to discern that well, if that makes sense, because then everything on our phone is always time sensitive. It's always important, more important than clearly us being present. And so that has helped me Um, think through like, and help my husband even like, is that time sensitive? Like, can that wait until Monday morning? 
Or is that a, a call that's going to affect the crops this weekend and we could lose all of our crops? So you have to take that call. Like even like thinking through that is a new journey when we've just grown up with, well, since different times in our lives, like had this phone on us all the time, we'd have to like relearn almost what is important enough to take us away from the present. Right. I think that's discernment. And sometimes I can get on board with, with this whole subject by saying, I desperately want to teach my children discernment because I want them. Discernment implies that you would know the Holy Spirit and you would respond to that. And that is really important to me to teach them. So if I adopt that, then I know, okay, in order to teach that, here are the decisions I have to make. Then it makes those decisions easier to support the overall goal. Does that make sense? Yeah. And to be able to even discern Holy Spirit, like what we're talking about, what what Michelle is talking about, we have to get rid. It's like, you got to start with a clean slate. You got to, in order to even hear and commune with Holy Spirit in a way that you're even responding and to hear him. Right. Well, you have to be able to like tune in and right. you have to tune out from everything else. And that right. can't happen if we are, our minds and our souls are hurried and distracted. It's like, this is where it starts for us and them. Yeah. We have to be it's, willing to do that. Yeah. It starts in quiet. Yeah. Yeah. The next thing Michelle says is um, to listen with our heart, soul, mind, and both ears during conversations. I love that she like right. clarified. Mm-hmm. Like, no. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, heart, soul, mind for sure. Like be present. And then both ears. Yes, that too. Because as moms, especially for the moms listening, we're like, We've got one ear on the kids. Do they need anything? Is there crying? Is anybody hurt? Are they still doing their homework? Are they in the shower yet? What's going on? Oh, are they practicing guitar? Hold on just a second. Like, and then with this ear, I'm like, yep, husband tuning in. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wait, sorry. Time out. I got, I got, it's, I love that she said both ears. I'm like, Ooh, yes. That Mm -hmm. was the part that got me as well. A friend of mine, um, you know, I, I aim to work out at the gym like three times a week and I'm so blessed. There's a great group of mamas, right? Some of us run from bears and some of us run for sport. So it's all good. (laughs) Wherever you're at wives, it's all good, right? (laughs) So one of my friends at the gym, she says every day that she tries to grab the face of her kids and, and speak to them face to face. And she says for five minutes, which is a great goal. You know, it probably goes beyond that for her because she's amazing and I want to be here when I grow up. But that came to mind when I read uh, what she had here because doing that, like to physically grab their face and talk to them and the important people in your life, that brings all the senses together and helps me to be fully present. So that last part was the kicker for me that, because I too can divide, you know, different things that you're listening to with that. Yes. Yes. I love that. That's so good. It kind of goes with Michelle's next point, which again is almost like I feel when you talk about exercising, it's like working this muscle of beginning to 
this is the third thing. She says, identify dismissive listening, which we can, again, grow in this, like strengthen that muscle to identify, oh, I'm not really listening right now. Oh, I'm listening only with one ear right now. Um, So identify the dismissive listening, stop it, and then start empathic, empathetic. I need more coffee. Empathetic. Right. Is that the same thing? No. Empathetic listening? I don't know. Whatever. Let's listen to Michelle. She says empathetic. We know what that is. Right. Empathetic listening. Oh, yes. Just speaks for itself. Like, let's stop it. Discern that. Okay, I'm in. I'm tuning back in. And even maybe even saying, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. I do this with my daughter. Um, Forgive me. Or she'll call me out on it because she sees me doing it. Mom, are you even listening? You know what? I wasn't. Can you please start over? That was rude. And I don't want to be disrespectful to you. Um, And so I love that. What's the last one that Michelle has? Turn off the TV. Close my computer. And do all three above to engage with Jesus and my husband. She had to bring in Jesus. You know, it's like the mic drop at the end. We were like, (laughs) yes, yes, that's where I want to be. Because if I'm in tune with Jesus through the Holy Spirit, I know that I can be fully present and I'm going to experience that deep peace. You know, those days, like even this last weekend, things were just crazy with our household and like um, Mark and I were in and out of town for a couple weeks beforehand. And Sunday, our church was hosting a, a fun thing, but I said no. And we just stayed home Sunday and we stayed in our jammies and just spent a lot of quality time together. While the list still felt like it was really daunting of things that I had to do, I just said, you know what, on Monday, And we just did like a four hour long craft instead. Like I had to, I'm in my sewing area of my basement here. And we just did that instead because it allowed me to be fully present with the kids. They were helping with different components and we did it together. And then we created little things for each of their rooms and then for the living room upstairs. And so for me, sometimes it's because I'm a doer. And if we just sit and talk, Sometimes it's really hard for me to engage for long periods of time. So we say the Brinkman family, like when they come over, I mean, we, we sit and talk. It's a thing. But like when my family comes to visit, I tell Mark, like, we need things to do. We need checklists. We need tasks to accomplish because then we can listen more deeply. And so I find that with my kids, that if we're, you know, learning to sew these little puffy pillows together we spend time together and then they might start talking about a story at school or how they did this in their art class. And that leads to other conversations. And that helps me be really present because my hands are also busy with the task that we're doing. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Mm -hmm. And what you're speaking to is what you and I have already talked about. If you've been with a wife like me for a while, you've heard us talk about the design my day workbook. Because that's exactly what the whole point of the workbook is. I mean, this has been my whole life. I've struggled with this. And that's why I had to learn how to do this. Um, But it it happened early on in in marriage. And then when we had our first child, what we what I found what I found very frustrating, and I'm a seven on the Enneagram, I, I thrive with fun, 
However, I also refuel in alone, like quiet time. I very much need that in order to do all the fun, be just all fun, all the fun, 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 fun. So, but what I struggled with is our time was always busy. Like our time was always, it was like the time was managing our family versus like Mm -hmm. us managing how we wanted to spend our time. And so I had, we had to learn or I guess I mainly learned how to make sure we had time for the things we wanted to do. Even like setting aside time to have intentionality with our kids. Like you're talking about, how's that even going to, how does that, like when we think about the experiences we want, when we want to be present within our families, within our marriages, does that, does that just happen accidentally? Sometimes typically it doesn't. And typically we, in the crazy weird world we live in with all the technology today, we have to actually set aside time to experience the presence of our people sometimes. Right. Yes, ideally, like what we're talking about, ideally, we're just always practicing being present. Absolutely. Absolutely. But we also can make sure and plan for what you're talk- what we're talking about. And right. in order for us to experience that, sometimes we have to actually plan for it. Like on a, like right. Sabbath Sundays or whatever that looks like for your family. Right. What does that actually look like? Planning out what, when are these time chunks that I'm going to experience this with my kids or my family or my marriage? What right. will that rhythm become in our home? And that's the whole point of being able to plan out and design what that actually like that God honoring time looks like based on what we want, what we need and you know, what just we have to do. And so that's what that workbook helps with, but going back and you can get that on a wife like me, if you're interested, but going back to what uh, Michelle and what we're talking about this episode, again, you were talking about that uh, communion or Michelle identifies that fourth thing of just engaging with Jesus Right. And something that I'm growing in my understanding of, if you've, again, if you've followed a wife like me for this last year, you have heard us talking about it on our lives specifically a few times on Instagram, but just um, how to really engage with Holy Spirit and respond to Holy Spirit. And I love this verse. It's Psalm 25, verse 14. There's a private place reserved for the lovers of God, where they sit near him and receive the revelation secrets of his promises. And I just can't help but wonder what God has really been like challenging me with and like give like telling me is that we are not doing this as a generation, that we are not practicing sitting with him. I'm going to read that again. There's a private place reserved. I think in some um, translation, it calls it a secret place. So there's a secret private place reserved for the lovers of God where they sit near him and receive the revelation secrets of his promises. And I just, you know, I go there. yeah, I want to go there. I want to, I want to like, I want to go there and I want to never leave there. I want, <laughs> I think we all do. Right. Like, how do we, how, where do, do I need to fly? Do I need a plane ticket? Like where exactly is this, you know, and that, that might be something you're asking, like, where is this private place? That private place is within you. 
if you call yourself a Christian, if you have placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, in that exchange of you saying yes and saying yes to Christ as your Lord and Savior, you received. When you said yes to God, he placed his spirit inside of you. Same spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead is alive inside of you. You have to do nothing special to activate or to receive that. You already have it inside of you. The spirit of God is alive inside of you. And therefore you get to experience that. And you experience that by what we're talking about. The secret place is removing the distraction to commune with him, to tune in, to say, I just want to enjoy you, Lord. I just want to enjoy you. Um, and so that is a that's a new journey for me where I'm literally just savoring his presence. And mm-hmm. I, no one had ever taught me that or modeled that for me. So that's a new thing where I'm not just talking with him like through prayer, but I'm literally wanting to go after all of him and hear from Holy Spirit. That's a new thing. So, um, but that's what this is. It requires us to remove the, everything else so that we can be in tune with only Holy Spirit. So right. I think on that point four, it's really combating technology mm-hmm. and pointing to instead connection with Jesus and her husband. And I think, you know, when I first came to know Christ, you can come to know him for a couple of reasons. One is like a fire insurance, you know, like, oh, wait, there's a hell. Uh, I don't want to go to hell. So therefore, I'm going to buy the ticket to the Jesus train and invite him into my heart. But it's another thing entirely. Once you've accepted him to say, I want that peace. And that's when I came to know him. I didn't want fire insurance. I mean, that just seemed like a cherry on the top that in the end, you know, I'm going to live forever in heaven with him. But I needed peace right here, right now on this earth. Yeah. So when I understood that, and experience that, that is a place that I want to go back to. And that's Mm -hmm. where I want to reside in my heart. And for me, that happens with a lot of margin and some time schedule things. Like I did bring this out because girl, I, I did get this and I'm working through it. You know, it's serious when I have a three ring binder and some tabs, you know? Yeah. If you're listening to the podcast, Kelly is holding up her three ring binder of um, the design Design my day workbook. So it's a PDF. You download it. You right. can do whatever you want with it. Like you can three ring bind it. You can print it's, it off. It's like a retreat though, that it, it removed the distractions because it's rather intense. Like, and I, I mean, I love me some calendars and some, but it was intense to go back and it encourages me to think through some of the things. And I'm, I started a couple of weeks ago. I'm not done with it because the end part is a little bit hard for me to round third and to come on home. So here's my accountability. Feel free to ask me about that. Okay. I will see how I'm going on that. But I think that's where we land with everything Michelle has shared. We're seeking the peace and the satisfaction from knowing that we're enough in Jesus and that we can experience that every day. And it is something that we have to fight for in this world that is literally knocking at our door and dinging notifications and trying to distract us, but it is saying no to those distractions so we can say yes to connection with him and those we love the most. And on that note, I do feel the enemy is attempting to divide our homes through busyness and through distraction. 
And that's why this does matter. That's why I'm passionate about it. And he wants us to get disconnected from the Lord and then in our marriages as well. And I mean, I see like if there's a whole wall of plugins, there's cords that we are plugged in. There's, there's plugins that we are plugged into all over. And if there's, if our husband has, is one of those plugins, 73% of wives at a wife like me have told us, what is the one thing you want? If you could change anything in your marriage, what would it be? And they, 73% said to be more connected in marriage. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like this visual of if that's true then, and if we really want that, we have to be willing to to like unplug, to pull out all the other things that we are plugged into and just plug in that one. And in that, well, again, it's obviously first with the Lord. And that's if you haven't read Dear Wife book, get that. It's on Amazon, but and it's on also on wifelikeme.com. But that that's exactly what it is. And that one plug-in, it's not really just our husband. It starts with the our relationship with the Lord. And but choosing that, choosing to engage with the Lord, like where where am I at with him? Where, have I even opened my Bible? Where, where's my, how's my heart with that, with him, like the Lord, am I allowing him to search my heart even? Nope. You know, like, where are we at? And then and with her husband, like, no, I choose you. I'm going to get rid of all that other stuff and just focus on getting us right and getting us back to even where I say I want us to be. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, it's just an exciting thing. Um, Michelle's wife step, every blog post at a wife like me.com ends with a wife step, one practical thing we can do. And Michelle's is this. She says, choose one of the options above and implement it daily for one week. That's your challenge today. Silence your, choose one of these, either silence your phone, place it in a different room, find different times where you are going to do that. So put your phone away, listen with your heart, mind, soul, and both ears during conversations. You could choose to focus on that this week or You could choose to focus on identifying when you are dismissive listening and then start empathetic listening or do them all. (laughs) Turn it all off and just choose to do them all this week. Focus on all of them. So that's your wife's step. Um, I love that. So thank you again, Michelle. You can go to michelleberringer.com and find all of her resources. Uh, Hey, every episode this year, Every single episode on the Wife Like Me podcast, we are going to choose something special, um, like a fun little treat at the end of every episode. And Kelly, I have no idea what you're going to choose. Like, we're just going to talk about something fun. So what is our something special this episode? A little canister of fun. And as I pick one of these slips of paper, I want to talk about mullets. Oh, Business in the front, party in the back, or no? How do we feel about mullets? Amanda, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Mullets. Okay, so we live in rural Minnesota. Okay. I love me a good mullet, Kelly. Mm. I love me a good mullet. Like when I mm. see, I this is not, I know they became popular like over COVID. I say no to that. I say they've always been great. <laughs> Whatever. If we're somewhere and I see a good mullet, I'm the first to go. I tell that. I'm like, your mullet is bomb. Like Mm. if they, I mean, and literally like they're, they're amazing. I say kudos to you 
If your husband has a mullet, if you've got a mullet, girl, love ya. See, I think it's fine for 18-month-olds. Like, everyone <laughs> understands that, right? We even think it's kind of cute, but no. My vote's no on that. For husbands, anyone over the age of 18 months, that's a no. And secondly, do we curl the mullets in the back? I mean, is the perming okay? Or are we just okay to let it go straight? How do we feel about that? I think it's natural. Whatever your oh. body is going to do with it, do it. I don't oh, think you need to track your herd. If you've got a mullet and you've got wavy hair, you're killing it. If you've got a mullet and it's straight, you're killing it. You're winning. You're winning regardless of what's happening. That's what I think. And I would like to see if you have a husband or a family member or a teenager who's rocking a mullet. I think we should have a mullet contest. Send us. (laughs) We will send you something. I don't know what, but whoever, if you send us a picture of your mullet, we're going to send you something. I don't know what. I'm, we'll figure it out. This is a great way to start the new year. (laughs) The mullet. I think it's great. I almost have a mullet, I feel like, because my hair's falling out and I they keep having to cut it because it keeps falling out. And so pretty soon, like if you're on YouTube right now, you can see I've got all this hair here. That's not on purpose, friends. This is not on purpose. This is just life. This is my life. So pretty soon, if this continues, it's going to be all short and then fun in the back. So that's going to be like an accidental mullet. Could be. We'll see what happens next year. Stay tuned for mullet updates (laughs) in 2022. (laughs) I will tell you what, though. If I end up with a mullet, I'm going to for sure say it was on purpose. Definitely. right. And you're going to know that I'm lying about that. Right. <laughs> uh, so listen, um, thank you, friends. You can head over to wifelikeme.com again for all that we've talked about this episode. And again, Design My Day is over there. Um, it's amazing. Just get it. And you can, when, when you get it and download it, you can, ha- you can use it forever. And that's what I need seasonally my schedule changes kids are back in school it's summer whatever i have to be more creative i have to think through when i'm going to do what so you can you you can print it off as many times as you want and then just use it whenever you need it so that's what's helpful about that again that is at a wife like me.com so thank you everyone for being with us today uh thanks for watching on youtube if you're watching on youtube we love you hit subscribe share this with a friend if it was helpful or encouraging And thanks again, Kelly Brinkman, for being with us. And we love you. And we will be back with all new episodes um, every week in 2022. So stay tuned. Join us. And thank you for growing with us. We love you all.